one of my kids said, gee, Dad, I sure wish you knew how to ride a bike. Then we could all ride Oof. together. The <laughs> <laughs> like, kids are brutal, man. I don't not know how to <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Just about 12 minutes after 6 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning. Uh, Eric is out. Adam Roberts in for Eric today. Do you know the name Frank Borman? Now, you know because I already told you. So you <laughs> yeah, can't, that's you not can't fair. play. Right? Uh, so before you told me, uh, that yes. did not come to mind. So it will for a lot of folks. You ever, you ever hear people talk about like when they've gone west for the first time and seen mountains? I remember like, the first time I saw the Rockies. Right? Yeah. like People say like it changes you. Right, because you feel small, or you know, whatever those emotions like. Seeing something like that changes you. It helped that I was nine, so I already was small. <laughs> already small. We'll talk about something that changes you. Frank Borman, NASA astronaut, died this week at the age of ninety-five. So if that helps you place him in an era, he was one of the three astronauts, along with William Anders and Jim Lovell, who of course grew up here in Milwaukee on the Apollo Eight mission. This was the first to take human beings beyond Earth orbit. And circled the moon in 1968. Prior to that, no one else had ever seen Earth from that distance, from that perspective so far away. The Apollo 8 crew famously read from Genesis that night, Christmas Eve, 1968, and Captain Frank Borman signed off from lunar orbit. From the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night, good luck, a merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on the good Earth. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Tough night for the Bucks as Giannis scored an NBA season-high 54 points, but committed two late turnovers and a late three to tie was just off the mark for the Bucks as the Indiana Pacers beat Milwaukee by a final score of 126 to 124. Three, it missed too strong. The long rebound goes out of bounds, back to the Pacers with 3.7 seconds to go. They got the shot they were after, but Middleton just too much on it. And Indiana is now in the driver's seat. Dave Kane on the call there as Middleton missed that late three to tie the game, and the Bucks with the loss fall to 5-3 and three on their season. Giannis with 54 points, as I mentioned before. He also becomes... The fifth player in NBA history to lose a game with 50 points on 75% shooting. The Bucs were also without their starting point guard, Damian Lillard, as he missed the game with a calf injury. It was an interesting night for the Bucs after losing Giannis to a couple of technical fouls. Milwaukee also lost their head coach, Adrian Griffin, in this one for much of the second half as he was ejected early in the third quarter after arguing with the officials about a no-call on a foul that was not called on Giannis. What exactly did he say to the referee? We just had a difference of opinions of what I thought that, um, you know, it was really physical, and I thought Giannis was getting hit quite a bit. And, you know, I voiced my opinion, and um, next time I'll do it in a little bit more <laughs> delicate way. Um, but it was a physical game, and uh, give them credit, they – you know, they uh, they jumped on us early, and they were able to pull out the win. So Griffin had this one coming. <laughs> he, he mentioned it after Giannis was ejected. What was that? Wednesday. Yeah. Hey, I got to stick up for my guy a little bit. He did. Okay. He was knocked about four or five times in his head. No call. Giannis didn't argue, but Adrian Griffin 
Certainly did. Next up for choice the words, apparently. Yeah, choice words. Choose your words carefully. Next up for the Bucks is a road matchup Saturday night in Orlando. The Green Bay Packers are just days away from their Week 10 matchup in Pittsburgh after winning Sunday for the first time in four weeks. Quarterback Jordan Loves know the task this week will be taller against a much better defense. QB1 speaking this week on how he feels things have gone halfway through the season for he and his offense. I think it's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows, you know, some inconsistencies. Um, and I think, you know, we're continuing to build every week and just try and get this thing going where it's just consistent performance every week um, where we're just continuing to lock in and focus on the plays, uh, focus on our details, and uh, just going out there and executing. But I think we're moving in the right direction for sure. Packers, Steelers from Pittsburgh all set for Sunday afternoon. Coverage will begin with our Green Bay game day beginning at 9 a.m. right here on WTMJ. And lastly, sticking with the NFL as the Bears knock off the Panthers to kick off Week 10 with the Thursday wow. night win by a final of 16-13. to 13. Was that a Bear or a Panther? That was a Panther. He's, wow. The Bears won, though. So can what I get a Panther? Bear? <laughs> <laughs> That's a cat, dude. Come hey, on. It is now. Chicago <laughs> Chicago go. with the win, improving to 3-7 three on three and seven on their season. And even with the win, Vinny, having Green Bay at the front of their minds. Let's just listen to what these Bears fans are chanting. The Packers did not play. The Bears win. The Packers don't play for a couple of days, and even you can't say Panthers suck. And you got to rent free, completely rent free. I respect it. I kind of respect it. I kind of respect it. Like that, that, the rivalry is definitely still there for them. I like it. Six six eighteen on Wisconsin's morning news. Let's get it on. Friday morning here when comedy meets tragedy, or maybe the other way around. Really cool show coming to Milwaukee Improv next week. That's the comedy club that's out at the corners in Brookfield. Modi is in town. Anybody here grow up with pounds with heavy accents? The three of us. There you go. The rest of you all came over on the Mayflower, right? (laughs) That's Modi Rosenfeld, Jewish comic, does shows all over the world. And needless to say, pretty difficult time with war raging in the Middle East a fascinating conversation with Modi, who was actually in Israel doing shows when the October 7th attacks occurred. I was in Israel when the war began. We had six unbelievable sold-out shows in Israel, ending on Thursday. Saturday, that Saturday, the war began. And that Saturday, we were the last flight out to Paris. I had four shows scheduled in Paris. And so on Monday... Uh, the war was fresh in people's faces, you know, and the people are are still streaming the war. Uh, I literally saw them in in the audience streaming the war right before the lights went down and I went on. So that's like, if you're a comic, really tough way to start your comedy set, right? I don't think it gets any more difficult than that. I mean, you know the importance of what the room, like that's why you have warm-ups, right? You have warm-up acts to get the room kind of loose and feeling good. Hey, uh, by the way, right? (laughs) So what do you do? I asked him directly, like, how how do you address this? Do you do material on what's happening? And like, where do you know where that line is? Good. Again, great question. It's, uh, it's, I, I try to actually avoid the actual topic of what's happening and doing jokes on that, because again, I want to give them an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and a half of not being in it. Do you know what I'm saying? I want them to, to, for an hour and a half, 
be in where I'm taking them for the journey. I do mention it a little bit up front. Obviously, you can't. It's like a, the pink elephant in the room. And you mention it. And I just go right into my comedy set. At the end, I bring it up again. I have one or two jokes that are fitting for the war. Obviously, it's about me, not about what's happening over there. Me in regards to the war. Um, and, uh, and, and again, it's just, it's an hour uh, and a half of relief that people have, which is very important to have. Are there folks, Modi, who've pushed back and just said, this is not the time to be laughing at all. What are you doing up here on stage? You know, um, I would say 99.9% of my audience is so happy and thankful that I'm doing it. Yeah. And when we post clips of me doing shows, very rarely will you see somebody saying you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, I believe so strongly in the power of laughter and its ability to help us escape. And so what, you know, what he said about that really resonates with me. You know, we're so easily offended. I was just going to say, like, you and you know as well as I do, Vince, especially now when it comes to comedy, anytime that there's something in the public conscience, in the news cycle that happens, it becomes a, all right, how are they going to tiptoe around this one? Yeah. And so, you know, he leans in to an extent. Modi Rosenfeld, his show Tuesday night at Milwaukee Improv in Brookfield, LOL. <laughs> and also, if you're wondering, so I've identified him as a Jewish comic. He was born in Israel. If you're wondering whether it's Jews only. So in terms of your material, just in general, how Jewish do you have to be to get all of this stuff? Or, or get, you know, is there, so, is there something in there for everybody? There really is. There really, really is. You know, my favorite thing now, I see all, my, all the people that, or the Jewish audience that I've built, are now bringing their friends who aren't Jewish, which is so amazing. It's, and my show is, is made where it's observational comedy. You're basically seeing the world through, a, through Jewish eyes. So people who aren't Jewish are getting to experience that as well. So, right, Modi said, look, everybody's going to get it. So if you, if you heard something that you liked in there and you want, you want to have a, have a good laugh about all sorts of things, I mean, this is your guy. Absolutely. I mean, I love going out to the improv, even though it is not the actual Milwaukee improv, which I think uh, Greg was saying, uh, they joke about every time they go out there. This is a lead, lead joke for every comic. Uh, like, always that, so, talk about warming them up. That's right. Rob. What's with you, Milwaukee? I'm in Brookfield. Right. Improv.com slash Milwaukee for tickets to Modi's show. It's Tuesday night at the Corners in Brookfield. I wish him a warm reception here in Milwaukee. Coach Griffin got tossed last night. Another buck thrown out of the game. What did he say to the ref? Brandon Snide has that in sports at 645. So, Vince, we talk a lot about when you talk well about uh, Pella windows. You want to replace your windows frequently. Yes. You always want new windows. Yes, you do. Seems like these windows I'm about to talk about were replacing, e.g. updating every couple of months or so. 40 years ago today, Bill Gates, well-known, unveiled Microsoft's Windows operating system for PCs. It didn't actually come out until 1985, but it was first unveiled, grand reveal to the public today in 1983. Now, of course, one of the world's most popular pieces of software. CBS News Tech contributor Ian Scheer explains how Windows didn't just turn Microsoft into a behemoth, was central to building the internet we know today. Even though Apple had its Lisa computer and its Macintosh that came out around the same time, the truth of the matter was that Windows was far more popular, and it, along with Internet Explorer and Microsoft Word and PowerPoint and Excel and Outlook, were mainstays of a lot of people's lives for decades and even still today. Yeah, I can attest, going back as far back as when I was a little kid and 
think you can say the same thing, learning just those basic functions. And Windows has always been a part of my life. We use it today here at the office at GKB. Well, you look at the difference between Apple and, and Microsoft at that time. It's sort of like beta versus VHS back mm-hmm. in the day. You know, Beta was the Sony product. It was proprietary to Sony. It was a, a superior product. It was fantastic. If you had one of those old Betamax that loaded on the top or whatever, it was a great product, but it was only Sony. And then VHS was a format for everybody else. And that's sort of like what Windows was. And everybody else making computers was running that. And sometimes that's the best marketing you can do is, yeah, you've got the cool thing over there, but I'm the everyman's product. And there are a lot more every men and women than there are top one percenters, I guess. Coming up, we've got a Veterans Day salute on the road. That story next. At 6.42 on this Friday, Veterans Day tomorrow. Salute to you, Brandon Snide. Thank you, sir. Our own Iraq and Afghanistan combat veteran, Brandon Snide, in the house today. According to the VA, about 18 million veterans in the U.S., more than 300,000 right here in Wisconsin. So chances are you know somebody, right? There is a special and not always considered way to honor our heroes. Here's Debbie Lazica with that. From parades to special commemoration ceremonies to military aircraft flyovers and even free meals at area restaurants. Those are all great ways to honor those who have put their lives on the line to protect us. But there's another way. How about license plates? That's right. And I decided to talk to the title and registration processing section chief for the DMV, Dustin Sweeney, to find out a little bit more about this special way to salute our heroes. Um, So with the military group and National Guard plates, customers are required to mail an application to DMV. It's an MV2653 form. And one piece of documentation that always needs to accompany that form is the DD214. It's as simple as that. You can check out the forms online and provide a copy of that DD214, mail it all in, and in two weeks, you've got a styling license plate showing the pride you have of being a veteran. Now, there's an extra charge for these plates, but that charge goes to a great cause. There is a $15 issuance fee with any military group plate. That issuance fee does get sent over to the Department of Veteran Affairs. And then for members of the general public to just support veterans when they're not former or active military, we do have a Wisconsin Salutes of Veterans license plate um, that's available to the general public. And the $15 issuance fee for those plates also goes to the Department of Veterans Affairs. You can even get personalized veterans plates. Yes, you can. You can get a personalized vet plate. It is an additional $15 fee for the uh, personalization. And that $15 does go to the DMV General Transportation Fund. By the way, the DOT has a bonus program that helps our veterans out. It's called Move It. Which stands for Making Opportunities for Veteran Employment and Transportation. It's a program to help veterans get their foot in the door in the transportation industry and apply their skills that they learned while they're in the military to some of our transportation jobs that we have here in Wisconsin. I mention it here because you can find out more about what they have to offer right on the DMV's site. As we all get together to celebrate these heroes, we want to let them know how special they are. I know, I married one. Mr. Brian Marks, United States Air Force. We're proud of you all and we thank you. So the next time you come across someone who's driving around with one of these plates, give them a wave and a smile and thank them for protecting us. Debbie Lazaga, WTMJ News. And a salute to all of our veterans from all of us here at WTMJ. Brandon's got sports next. Greg. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. He's also our DJ. I don't know why I've brought in 
ESPN Milwaukee's Gabe Neitzel here for, I don't know, absolution here or what? <laughs> I don't know why I feel compelled to tell you this. Okay. But lately, I am coming to grips with slowing down a little bit. You and I still played the sports. Yeah. <laughs> sports. Sports. Yeah. I'm very active. I know you are. Mm-hmm. We both golf. We both like to carry our bag. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, you get so, a little exercise while you play. Yep. Still doing that. Still playing tennis. Still playing pickleball. But when I work out, it's just to be not fat. Okay. So I know, like, I, I'm not a runner. I, I do run. Just to be not fat. Okay. Well, good job. Yeah. So great on that so far. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations can all, can all on reaching your goals. Um, so, like, when you run, how far do you run? It's like a three and a half to four. Oh, okay. Light and easy, though. Like, yeah. again, my goal here is to just, you know, get the heart rate going and, and burn some calories and all that. Okay. But lately, like, as I am slowing down, mm-hmm. nearing 50, Various injuries that I've spoken extensively about <laughs> on the program. Like, running is not as easy anymore. So I've been mostly elliptical. But everyone, every now and then, I'd still like to go for a run on a nice day. Sure. Right? I can't run anymore, man. Really? Like, it just, stuff's clicking. Just like the hammy or right? what? Just the hamstring is still, like, it's good enough to do all the sports I want to do. Mm-hmm. It can go in bursts. But, like, distance running, it's just, like, not comfortable. So the other day, again, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I seek some <laughs> sort of absolution from you. Okay. The other day, I'm... I'm running, and I'm like, might just slow that down to a walk. And then I'm like, it's too late to go to the gym, so I think I'll just have a walk. Just, just so like, have a nice walk. But but there's nothing wrong with having a little walk, is there? Am I a walker now? Is, is that what I am? Is is what you're f- afraid of? Because I I will say this, like I know my my parents really like to go hiking. Okay. So they'll go different places, and my mom, my mom had a pretty bad hamstring injury a couple of years ago, where she would go to, she would walk around town all the time. You know, that's what she would do, kind of do for okay. the exercise or yeah. whatever. But is that like as you're getting older, you're like, you're you're scared that this is like an old person thing. Yes. This is an old person activity that you are now participating yes. in. If I am an athlete, yes. when athletes work out and train, <laughs> yeah. they run, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. Now, now what? I walk? That's what I, I do for my exercise? I guess. I, I mean, you, you have all the other things. You know, I, I, do, do you have to do the run on top of everything? I mean, you're, you're playing pickleball. You're playing tennis. I mean, those certainly get the heart rate up. Or is this just kind of something? Do you have a running schedule? No. Like every day you or well, Mondays, every, Wednesdays, Fridays, I run. Every, every day I work out that I'm not doing some of the other aforementioned activities. So okay. there's like every day there has so to be something. So that's the, the cardio. My supper. That, that's, that's the cardio <laughs> portion. So what, you're just going to go for like a four-mile walk every I day? Yes, right? But that feels like not athletic. If I may throw my hat into this ring as oh, someone yes, who young might Adam. <laughs> well, hey, you say young. Remember back in June, I had my knee taken out at Summerfest and I was hobbling around here for about a good month. Wait, I'm going to need to explore <laughs> what was just stated first before we get back. What do you mean you had your knee taken out at Summerfest? So about the first weekend of Summerfest. There are my, so many guesses right? you could have, by the way. Like, yeah. there's at Summerfest, like you could have been was in the middle of a, a mosh pit. Was or you could have been taken got, out by a kid on just like the regular walkway. Right. So the guy a, in that big wheel that goes back and forth. <laughs> so it actually was none of the above. It Damn. was D. The big blow-up balls in the U.S. Marine run pit, where you like run at each other in those big blow-up balls. Friend went on a little too low, and within two seconds of me getting into that pit, boom, and right out, and I <laughs> fell down. And you remember, I was hobbling around yeah. here for a good week. I had that wrap on my knee. Uh, they said, oh, you want to do an MRI? And I thought, well, I'm 30 years old, and I don't exactly have a big savings account, so we might put that off. And I'm wondering if I maybe shouldn't have done that. Still time, my friend. Yeah. Yeah.
Oh, but anyway, I was going to suggest if you're worried about your knee, I bike to work every day. It's good cardio, and it's a lot easier on the knees than walking and running. So, do you own a a bike? I'm picturing you biking to work. (laughs) Get the whole gear. Just getting on on 43 with a light on your head. I'm that guy. The flashing light, (laughs) too, right? (laughs) I'm a cyclist, not a biker. (laughs) Yes. You asked if I had a bike. I did. I never rode it. To the point that when I was teaching my little kids when they were little how to ride a bike, mm-hmm. and they first kind of got up on two wheels or were tooling around the neighborhood, and one of my kids said, gee, Dad, I sure wish you knew how to ride a bike. Then we could all ride Oof. together. <laughs> like, kids are brutal, man. I don't not know how to <laughs> Kids are just brutal. Brutally honest. Right. Maybe I should ask one of them. <laughs> Dad, what are you walking? <laughs> what are you old? Walking here. All right, thank you, Gabe. I, I, I feel a little I, bit I feel like today. I didn't help at all, but yeah, like, you hey, you know, if, if if walking's what you got to do, man, then walking's what you got to do. That's what athletes. You know what they do. You know what athletes do. They adjust when they're dealing with different. Survive injuries. in advance. Exactly.